Live Mike. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Live Mike Podcast. My name is Michael Beck, the deputy editor of BehindSteelCurtain.com, and I'm bringing it to you this week, and for the exercise of fair journalism this week, we are looking at the negatives, the reason why you should uh, be perhaps a little on the pessimistic side and why that's okay for the 2021 Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course, last week we broke down the positives and why it's okay to be positive about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Today we'll look at the other side of the coin and uh, the narratives facing this team that, uh, of course, uh, many of them already known, but some of the challenges the Pittsburgh Steelers are facing and why 2021 could be a long season for this team. But before we even get into uh, the topics on both sides of the ball, I think it's fair to uh, first mention that the Pittsburgh Steelers, as we sit here right now, it is almost impossible to predict what kind of team they're going to be because they have so many question marks. And really, it's one of the things that are going to make this season so fun is once these questions start to get answered, and if they're answered positively, we might have a really, really good team in our hands. If uh, those questions aren't answered at all, it could be a long season and some necessary change might be uh, on the upcoming horizon. So with that out of the way, I think we can dive into some of the major talking points, some of the uh, things that Steelers fans have every single right to be nervous about as we head into this season. Uh, we're going to start off the first half of this show looking at the offensive side of the football. And who better to uh, really start with than one Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger, the Pittsburgh Steelers starting quarterback for an 18th season now. Uh, Big Ben, of course, he slowed down as the season went on. I like to think that is more kind of schematic based and how obvious it was uh, the Steelers off offense basically every team knowing what kind of play they're running no matter what but uh there's also reason to believe that Ben Roethlisberger father time just kind of crept up and one of the reasons why he struggled especially Ben Roethlisberger's surgically repaired elbow is something to keep an eye on throughout the entire season at, and just seeing how it can hold up and really all of Ben Roethlisberger's health we know in seasons prior, seasons dating back close to 10 years ago now at this point, after games when Ben Roethlisberger took a lot of sacks, he contemplated openly to the media about retirement. We know this guy doesn't like to get hit, and one of the other topics we're going to get to is going to be a big factor why he probably will take a few more hits here in 2021. So it's, it's one of the things to look out for as the season moves on. If Ben Roethlisberger is willing to take the hits and his body holds up, this team should be should be in a pretty good place, especially because they're going to run the ball a whole lot more. But right now, those questions won't be answered until later in the season. If Ben Roethlisberger can hold up for 17 straight regular season games and then go on a run in the postseason. This will be a pretty long and grueling regular season, uh, the longest ever in NFL history, with only one bye week. Of course, the, the Steelers will be uh, faced with some challenges, and uh, by far the oldest player in the team, Ben Roethlisberger, will be pushed the most by the length of this season. The next thing I want to get to is going to be a, a unit that will be a pretty much uh, tied 
hand in hand with Ben Roethlisberger's success. Of course, that's going to be the offensive line, the completely rebuilt offensive line of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Basically, every single position is completely different from uh, a year ago. Uh, of course, Zach Banner is retaking his spot as the right tackle after having torn his uh, ACL in the uh, in, in the season opener in 2020. Shooks Okorafor is bouncing over to the left side. And then the interior three, completely new. Kevin Dotson taking his place that he should have <laughs> had a year ago at left guard. Rookie Kendrick Green, the likely long-term starter at center. And the newly signed Trey Turner taking over for David DeCastro at right guard. This unit has a ton of question marks when it comes to chemistry, when it comes to learning the offense, when it comes to pass pro. We do know that four of those five guys are hyper-aggressive run blockers. This team should be able to run the football just based on that because of how aggressive they are, how they like to hit, how they displace guys, uh, the new kind of philosophy of offensive line coach Adrian Clem. But the big question comes in in the passing game, how well they're able to pick up blitzes, uh, shift off stunts between defensive linemen. It's going to be uh, one of the huge storylines going throughout the entire season. If the Steelers somehow manage to build a, an entirely new offensive line in one offseason, uh, th- this team could be sitting really pretty. That uh, is easier easier said than done, though, especially when you have five, basically five new guys uh, stepping into the lineup. I, I guess you can't say the Steelers didn't try to uh, fix one of the weakest spots of the team, but uh, you have every single right to be nervous about the group because there is so many question marks surrounding them, specifically in that passing game. If they struggle, Ben Roethlisberger will struggle. This whole team will struggle because of it. The other thing this offensive line, of course, will be directly tied to is the success of rookie running back Najee Harris. If Najee Harris cannot get it going and he looks like uh, what James uh, James Conner, uh, Benny Snell looked like in years prior, this... This offense, probably, the, the the motor just doesn't work. The, this Matt Canada scheme is really kind of built on the run, and then everything kind of uh, plays off of that. And if the Steelers can't figure that out, this could be a, a very long season. It, Najee Harris has a decent amount of pressure coming in on his shoulders as a rookie. Of course, we saw throughout the offseason already how he's taking the, the bulk of the snaps with the first-team units. He's the guy for the Pittsburgh Steelers, ladies and gentlemen. If he struggles, then uh, it could be an awfully long year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The offensive line, if they can open up the holes and he can look like the dominant back he was in Alabama... They could be all right, but if uh, they run into some injury issues or if Najee Harris just needs a year before he kind of puts it all together, which you can't really blame a rookie. The Steelers are really putting him in not not the best position for early success, but uh, if uh, if they can't put, put it all together, it could be uh, a long year. If, uh, if they can, there, there's some reason to be excited. One of the names I did mention uh, in that kind of group, though, was Matt Canada, the Steelers' brand-new offensive coordinator. That's This is pretty much the biggest key that not a whole lot of people are talking about for this upcoming year. If Matt Canada's scheme can really get going, it, like it transfers over to, to the NFL ranks, all his, uh, his motions and... Uh, play resets and all his funky design works if, if it works it transfers over and Ben Roethlisberger buys in is opening up holes in the running game great the Pittsburgh Steelers will be in a very good spot and they found a guy they probably should have hired a, a number of years ago to be their offensive coordinator 
But the questions, of course, surrounding this offense are pretty large. If teams can crack this scheme, then uh, then we'll be in kind of a tough place. We also don't know if we have the correct bodies to run this offense. Uh, that kind of lateral movement and uh, getting receivers working in the rushing attack. It, do we have the right guys to do that? We won't really know until we uh, play this scheme for a number of weeks to kind of see if uh, teams figure out how to stop these guys, if the receivers are fast enough coming around the edge, who those guys might be. It'll all come in due time, but uh, if Matt Canada and his scheme doesn't quite translate to the NFL, then the Steelers could just be in the same situation they were the last couple of years and once again on the look for an offensive coordinator, which would just be terrible. The Steelers have not had a lot of luck, especially in the Mike Tomlin era with finding offensive coordinators to begin with. Todd Haley, of course, being by far the most successful of the offensive coordinators the Steelers have ever had, but uh, his abrasiveness obviously led to uh, the fracturing of that Killer Bees offense as uh, the years went by. We all know how that ended. Hopefully Matt Canada can bring the success that Todd Haley had, but uh, everybody can love everybody if I can quote the movie Semi-Pro. And uh, we can all just uh, move on with uh, having a, a competent offensive scheme for the first time in years. Boy, oh boy, it sounds like a pipe dream, but I think every single Steelers fan can uh, really appreciate if that actually comes to be. The other main thing this uh, offense needs to figure out to be successful here in 2021 is the wide receivers catching the football. Of course, a lot of that, uh, the bulk of that blame falls on one young Deontay Johnson and the veteran tight end Eric Ebron. The Steelers probably lost a, a number of games because of this drop issue. We can't really beat around the bush on this. Uh, when it came to that game against the Washington football team, the Steelers' drops really killed them. Uh, a number of those plays, the Steelers probably waltzed to a victory, moved to 12-0 and clinched the division that much earlier and, and can rest some guys a little bit earlier. And, and then again, who knows what happens? The Steelers would be pressing for a higher seed, but all of that, I guess, is in the past. Uh, there was a number of situations last year where drops killed drives, killed games, and it cannot stand again here in 2021. It took a number of weeks before the Steelers benched Deontay Johnson for his drop issues at the end of the year. I feel like this team will be a little bit more trigger happy when it comes to uh, if drops happen and putting someone on the bench. They kind of have to be with how much they struggled in the last uh, in the last few weeks of the regular season. The Steelers need to hang on to the football. If they can do that, it'll be a good group. If th th these drop problems persist, there's going to be losses lumped on to that problem and it cannot continue, especially if one of these other factors kind of hurt the Steelers then uh, the last thing they can afford is also having drops on top of that. If the offensive line is struggling to, in pass pro and the ball is hitting receivers' hands but then hitting the ground, that is a huge loss for the Steelers and it could make for a pretty rough year. Um, I, I guess the other thing worth noting too with the receiving group and kind of uh, the team as a whole is uh, the whole distraction thing. Uh, I, I think sometimes uh, us as media can kind of blow it up a little bit, uh, like the whole TikTok stuff. Yes, it is a distraction, but I think it can kind of get piled on to the point where it becomes worse because it's talked about so much. But uh, if the receivers are 
becoming a distraction in the team specifically that's where we know a lot of kind of uh, the social media prowess kind of picks up for the Pittsburgh Steelers if uh, if it continues to uh, be a point of emphasis and the Steelers start losing we're going to hear about it a lot and I don't imagine it's going to help the team at all so with all that being said, the offense has been broken down, and we're going to jump into a quick break here on the live mic and break down the defense on the second half. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with some more uh, live mic action. I'll catch you in a second. Steeler fans, we are back for the second half of the Live Mike podcast. Once again, my name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of BehindSteelCurtain.com. First half of the show, again, we spoke about uh, some reasons why it's okay to be negative about the Steelers' offense. Here in the second half, we're going to break down some reasons why it's okay to be negative about the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense. Yes, you heard that right. There are some reasons. Uh, It's not talked about because of how successful the Steelers' defense has been, but there are some question marks surrounding the unit that need to be answered. I think the absolute biggest one uh, is the, the kind of assumed success of one Alex Highsmith. I think a lot of Steeler fans are just kind of figuring he will step in seamlessly to uh, replace Bud Dupree. That might be a little ambitious. Um, now I, I know I am kind of guilty of this as well, just kind of figuring the Steelers' transition will be will be nothing. It'll just be from one guy to the next guy. Uh, Bud Dupree was the better against the run. Alex Highsmith's better against the pass. Uh, and they'll just make it work. And, and to a certain uh, extent, I think that will be somewhat of a factor and some, somewhat of the way it actually all plays out. But... If, uh, if Alex Highsmith c- continues to struggle against the run game, teams kind of pick on that side of the defense, then all of a sudden it almost doesn't matter how good the Steelers are across the rest of the front seven if they have such a glaring hole. Alex Highsmith needs to prove that he is worthy of that spot. He's pretty much going uncontested. It is his job, no matter what, at this point, as the Steelers starting outside linebacker, he needs to prove the coach is right in making that decision, and he needs to be the guy. Uh, if that means he contributes more in the passing game and hauls the quarterback down uh, 10 plus times a game, of course we saw Bud Dupree develop into a guy that can also do that. But if Alex Highsmith can keep that up uh, with his one-on-one matchups, then that would be uh, prove pretty well for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He needs to be able to step on the field and uh, be successful as an outside linebacker and really this point extends to the guys behind Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt as well the Steelers backups I've complained about it a lot this offseason their backup outside linebackers are simply not good enough especially for a spot that plays between 20 and 30 percent of the defensive snaps because TJ Watt needs his rest Alex Highsmith we we don't really know for certain how much uh, percentage wise just because we don't have the biggest sample size but 
no edge rusher is playing 100% of the snaps in the NFL. He's going he's gonna to have to come off at some point. So you need some competent backups. We know the warts with Cassius Marsh. He's, he's a decent special teams contributor. Uh, he's a good pass rusher to give him some credit. He, he's put up some good sack numbers over his career, but he gets abused in the running game. We saw the Cleveland Browns run up and down the field when uh, Alex Highsmith sprained his ankle in the playoff game. That is not the answer. Uh, he needs to figure out that part of his game, and he needs to figure it out fast. And for someone that's played in the NFL for so long, teaching an old dog new tricks, you, you might have to hold your breath a little bit on that one. Hopefully uh, someone can tie it together. Maybe that person's six-round pick, Quincy Roche. Uh, again, this is another guy that's a, that's a pass rush specialist, but his biggest wart is uh, defending the run, and that's something we heard uh, on one of the Curtain Call podcasts with myself and Jeffrey Benedict when we brought in uh, a, a Miami uh, University expert and breaking down his game saying Roche isn't as stout against the run and that is going to be a big issue because that's the problem with all the Steelers outside linebacking depth you can't just bring them on on pass rushing situations to give your your best pass rushers a break you're not taking TJ Watt off the field on third and 12 because you know you can pin that guy's ears back and he's probably going to get to the quarterback you're you're not going to make that switch so the Steelers need someone to step up against the run as a backup edge rusher. I don't know if that guy's on the roster, and it's one of the big things that I think all Steeler fans should be concerned about this season. They haven't found that guy. Moving back off the defensive line and into the linebacker core, one of the big things we need to point out is if Devin Bush is healthy and if Devin Bush is uh, capable of uh, playing throughout the year. Of course, we've seen kind of his Twitter uh, escapades, I guess is one way to put it, where he's kind of, uh, in one sense, he might be trolling us fans, just kind of going off the deep end with his his crazy tweets and whatnot. Uh, Not to get into it too much, but of course, he, he just goes on and on. But it seems to slow down recently. Maybe he was just trying to make people talk about him. I'm not... 100% certain on that, but possibly that could be uh, what was going on there. But of course, he's coming off an ACL injury as well. His health is a pretty big pretty big thing. The Steelers defense was dominant in those, what, first seven games of the regular season. They were still really good after that, but when both Bud Dupree and Devin Bush were healthy on the field, the Steelers swarmed the football. They were great. If Devin Bush returns to form and continues his progression upwards, the Steelers have a very, very good inside linebacker in the former Michigan Wolverine past him if he if he can stay healthy there is still the spot beside Devin Bush which raises a couple eyebrows number one Vince Williams of course uh, the Steelers released him but uh, he signed back on a one-year vet minimum deal just to remain with the Steelers likely to uh, end his career as a Pittsburgh Steeler with 2021 most likely being the final of those seasons of the Vince Williams era If, if he starts to look his age of course we know the Steelers love putting their linebackers in terrible situations Vince Williams has been tasked with covering receivers and struggling at it because we know it's not a strong suit, yet the team continues to do it. But again, he's another year older. Uh, he wasn't scooped up, uh, scooped up off the street for any uh, nice amount of money. Uh, so there is some reason to be worried about Vince Williams, uh, but the Steelers do have some guys to, to try to spell him uh, depending on the situation. But if he looks his age, that could be a bit of an issue for the Steelers. So hopefully... Vince Williams uh, can kind of continue to be that uh, that field wrecker, field general that he has been in recent years. The other guy that uh, 
you, you kind of have a little bit of concern about is Robert Spillane. Of course, it's kind of hard to judge his effort in the playoff game because he was definitely playing hurt. I, I don't think he was absolutely ready to take the field when the Steelers played the Browns in the wild card game. Of course, he was nursing that knee injury. Uh, so he struggled. He struggled against the pass. He struggled against the run. It, it was by far from his best game. But uh, if Robert Spillane takes a step back and looks more like that practice squad guy that he was in Tennessee and his first year in Pittsburgh, then there's there's definitely reason to be worried. Uh, Spillane had a, a couple of huge splash plays last year, which rocked him up uh, a lot of uh, the fan rankings and uh, th- that positional depth chart. But he's still a guy that was an extremely raw talent and hasn't done uh, those things over an extended period of time. So Spillane needs to prove he can do that. Uh, could he potentially uh, supplant Vince Williams as the starting outside or inside linebacker beside Devin Bush? Possibly. But uh, that will be a question that will be answered in training camp and really beyond that. So hopefully Spillane can continue his uh, ascent up the depth chart and continue uh, his way the NFL ranks, really, because he did show some flashes. But if he takes a step back, all of a sudden the Steelers might not have a guy beside Devin Bush. And once again, another hole in the defense. Moving outside to the defensive backs, uh, one of the big things that we got to touch on, of course, is Joe Hayden, who's entering the final year of his deal. Uh, Joe Hayden's been honestly the best corner the Steelers have had since they signed him, what, five years ago now. Uh, If he can continue to truck on at the ability that he's been playing, the Steelers will be absolutely fine. But if he starts to show his age, which is something we'll have to ask now, uh, until Joe Hayden really does show his age, uh, it's a question you have to bring up every Every single offseason, no matter how annoying that may get, because once again, he is a corner north of uh, 30 now, and uh, he's been playing football for a very long time. So if he starts to show his age or slow down a little bit, then there might be some concern at the corner position. And really, there is a little bit of concern as we sit here right now. We do not know if Cameron Sutton or James Pierre or whoever is the true answer at that other cornerback spot. I know both those guys have shown flashes in the past, but now, for the first time, either of them will be asked to be the starting outside corner for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a pretty big, tall ask out of anybody to step on the field after being a backup for a number of years uh, and prove themselves worthy of being a starting corner in this league. And if Cam Sutton struggles, that that could uh, that could be kind of a nail in the coffin situation. We've seen the Steelers have some bad cornerback play before they signed Joe Hayden and then signed Stephen Nelson. We know what it's like. We know what it's like to have such a glaring hole and just teams lining up their receivers on that side of the field and just taking advantage of poor cornerback play. So the Steelers cannot afford that. They need at least eighty percent of what Stephen Nelson was last year out of Sutton and Pierre, which I think is absolutely doable. Heck, they could even match the production of Steven Nelson from a year ago, but they need to be able to do that over 17 games. So that is a pretty big question mark as well. Uh, another spot, staying in the in the corner field, that nickel cornerback spot, we don't know who it's going to be. Uh, the Steelers really only signed Arthur Molay, who right now is listed as a safety on the Steelers' site, uh, and they signed a bunch of safeties and corners uh, in the undrafted free agent market, kind of desperately looking to see if they can find the guy that can play the nickel. Who knows if they did. They they tried the best of their ability to bring some names in, but I don't know if that's enough. I, I wouldn't anticipate uh, Mike Hilton levels of production. Uh 
out of any of these guys really so if if they can just be good enough uh, if they have to change the position then that's something the Steelers absolutely have to do but uh, it's something to look out for is what they can do with their nickel corners and the last spot that I think is important to bring up is uh, at strong safety and Terrell Edmonds of course last year throughout most of the season Terrell Edmonds was a tight end shutdown guy uh, he was receiving tons of compliments before kind of the end of the year kind of uh, taking a step back to a certain degree which really kind of hurt a little bit and once again kind of put that uh, knife in the back of Edmonds uh, from Steeler fans that have been calling him a bust from day one he needs 17 straight games plus playoffs of being that tight end eraser to uh, kind of prove his worth if he cannot do that the Steelers will be in the market for another strong safety next year because once again they did not pick up his fifth year option the third time they've ever done that so the Steelers have some question marks at strong safety as well So with all that being said, I want to thank you for tuning in to today's uh, edition of the Live Mic. I appreciate you uh, hanging around and uh, taking this ride with me. We'll catch you guys next week. Uh, Training camp is on the horizon, so that is very exciting for all of us uh, here at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and throughout all of Steelers Nation. So make sure you're clicking over to to the website, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, once again, uh, to to get all the latest on training camp, uh, everything on this team from commentary, film rooms, from breaking news, you will get it all at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. So make sure you go check out the website and you check out the entire family of podcasts throughout the Behind the Steel Curtain platform. Once again, thank you for tuning in to today's live mic. We will catch you guys next week.